2: Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. at The
3: title of this Super Bowl halftime show officially is the E-Trade Super Bowl halftime show. The <laughs> subtitle or the alternate title is Disney's Tapestry of Nations. Wow. Brought to you by uh, (laughs) Enron. And
4: (laughs) it was a different time, people. It was
3: such a different time.
4: remember last weekend when the super bowl happened or did you already forget i'm to be honest it was kind of forgettable i mean the game was great but it had a real buzzkill ending the commercials were pretty cringy too many qr codes scientology and jesus commercials for my taste and the halftime show was pretty mid i mean don't get me wrong RiRi, featuring Little Fetus, did their thing. You know, she sang about 45 absolute bangers in 12 minutes from a floating Super Smash Brothers stage surrounded by dozens of gyrating dancers in puffy white costumes. The whole thing was giving opening credits from Look Who's Talking. But it was fun, but it wouldn't even crack the top five best halftime performances. Maybe even top ten. Now, my buddy Matt Frederick, who you may know as one of the hosts of Stuff They Don't Want You To Know had the honor of performing in the greatest halftime show of all time. You're probably thinking of Prince or Beyonce or last year's Dr. Dre, Snoop, Eminem, Kendrick, 50 Cent, Mary J, or even the infamous Janet Jackson, Justin Timberlake, Nip Slip show. Well, you'd be wrong because I am talking about in the year 2000 and the Disney Millennium Performance. I'm Will Spinach Dip McFadden, and this is hashtag Storytime,
3: brought to you by iHeartRadio. Well, Will, do you play any music at all, or have you ever been into music like that? Uh, I'm a I'm a tap dancer
4: at heart. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, I I've I dabbled in tap dancing. Now, I'm I I'm a I am aii can sing. I'm not uh, I don't play any musical instruments, but uh, yeah, I can sing and I can do a little bit of tap dancing.
3: Oh, man, I get that. I was in this thing called the Maskers at Forsyth Central High School, and we were a performance group. Yeah. So we had to sing and tap dance and oh, yeah. other kinds of dance in front of our schoolmates. Uh, I would have been right ships.
4: there. I would have been next to you, harmonizing <laughs> and, and, you know, shuffling
3: off to Buffalo. Yeah. Well, dude, shuffling off to Buffalo is one of my favorite activities, I think. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> once you learn it, it is kind of fun. It Doesn't it matter what yeah. kind of shoes you get on.
4: <laughs> exactly. I I still do it. All. I'd say it's the move that I do most often, the tap move.
3: Oh yeah, I think it might be the only one I remember, honestly. But <laughs> I still
4: I still got a time step or two. Um, yeah, we'll, I could do, do a little Spanish time step. I should take. Oh. I, we should take a class. We should, <laughs> yes. we should meet somewhere in the because you're in, uh, are you in Atlanta? Yeah, I'm in Atlanta. Okay, so we'll meet in like Utah, and we'll take oh, a, sweet. and we'll take sweet. a tap dancing class.
3: Oh man, I can imagine Utah's got some dope tap dancing classes. Yeah,
4: right, right. I think it's a different style of of tap in Utah. Yeah. It's more upright, you know, very
3: <laughs> Yeah, there's like a sheet you have to put your hand through or something. Right, right. I don't know, I know you have like to that.
4: tap through the sheet. There's a little hole in the sheet <laughs> and you put your tappies through and you tip tap away. Sorry to everybody in Utah.
3: <laughs> I'm not not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Deal with it. So, so I've, I've been a drummer, uh, since gosh, a long time ago. I just, I took up drumming cause I played a snare drum in my, it was in my uncle's garage, uh, out in upstate New York somewhere, just one time as a kid. Uh-huh. And I just fell in love with being able to create sound just, just with my hands and my arms and just, there's something very primal about it. And yeah. honestly, it spoke to me. Um, and I didn't have to, it wasn't as complicated as the piano I was trying to learn. Right. It wasn't as difficult physically on my fingers as learning a guitar. Cause my yeah. dad was, a uh, has always been a guitar player and he's awesome and a songwriter.
4: I also and, have just like kind of nubby little fingers too. So yeah, the guitar, yeah. I could never really get that, the, the spread to hit the chords. I was yeah. also drawn to the drum when I was a child. I was like, yes, animals, my favorite Muppet.
3: So let's go. <laughs> animal rocks. <laughs> so so I, I just took this up as a thing and I didn't really do much with it at first. I took drum lessons on the side to learn a drum kit, which is okay. a whole separate thing than learning to play drums like with your school. Uh, until I got to I think it was eighth grade. I actually played in an orchestral setup where I was, you know, the drummer on the snare in the back yeah. that plays a little bit, just a couple of times during each song. Right. You don't really need that drummer. Unless it's uh,
4: like the Christmas show and then there's like little drummer boy comes in and it's like, oh, this yeah, it's
3: my time to shine. Oh, I know. I shone. I really did shone. <laughs> you rump a pum pum. Rump a pum pum. Yeah. yeah, man. We played, there was uh, the Men in Black movie came out around that time and i got to play a drum kit on the men in black song for some assembly uh but it was it was i mean i was objectively awesome yeah uh that's pretty freaking cool and
4: in terms of like wait what were you in eighth grade at this yeah i think i was eighth grade i mean that's about as cool the coolest thing you could do as an eighth grader
3: yeah right it felt good (laughs) um but then that transitioned going into ninth grade. This is uh, around ninety nine, nineteen ninety nine, 1999. Mm-hmm. And um, there was really no opportunity to play a drum kit for school. And what I ended up doing is trying to pursue just snare drumming for the marching band, because that was the that was the. I don't know the most interesting thing that I could potentially do, yeah. but generally they didn't let you know little ninth graders come in and pick up a snare drum. You had to start on like the, the one of the big bases or in the pit is what they called yeah. it, the, the auxiliary. You got to pay your
4: dues. You can't just freaking
3: waltz in here and pick get on the drum line. Well, I tell you what, guess who did waltz in? <laughs> Picked up those sticks and played a snare. <laughs> I, I, I did, John, John Wayne. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I did I got to join the snare line as a ninth grader with uh, another one of my friends Dana. I think it's I think she came in ninth grade too. It was both of us. We were young and we were just hungry for it. That's right. joined our friends. It was just a good time. It was awesome. Was there, was there some salty senior who was like, these damn freshmen coming in here,
4: waltzing onto my drumline? Oh,
3: yeah. <laughs> so salty. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, I don't think so. It was, there was really good camaraderie there, yeah, actually, okay. in the drumline. And because it was difficult, we were at a school that took drumline really seriously. And it hadn't always been that way, but there was an instructor that was really just like getting on us and wanted us to pursue you know greatness. Yeah. And because of that, he had heard about some audition that was in town, mm-hmm. and he wanted to send out his drumline to go try out for this thing because it was going to be a big deal. We I'm also sure. I,
4: wait, I'm picturing Nick Cannon uh, as this as this uh, this drumline coach, and I'm just going to keep picturing Nick Cannon no matter what you say. Oh, Nick Cannon! Have, have you seen Have you seen the movie Drumline? That's I have what seen I'm, Drumline. I'm basing all of my information off of marching band from
3: the movie Drumline. Imagine Nick Cannon's drumline without the style. Okay, gotcha. and that was us. Does that make sense? Like yes. zero style. Totally, just a yeah. bunch of kids in Forsyth County, just upright in our outfits, just oh so serious and like right. crab stepping. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well. Uh, so our drum instructor at the time said, "Hey, there's there's this thing. Go try out for it." Mm -hmm. So a bunch of us went downtown. We're uh, in the suburban area of Atlanta, but north. So like 45 minutes north. Yeah. So we all head down to downtown Atlanta and we go to this huge space. I think it was some kind of gym for a middle school or something like that. Bunch of kids pile in there. We don't even really understand what it is or what's going on. And we learn that these are tryouts for the Super Bowl halftime show. Wait, once you get there, you learn this? Um, That's how I recall it. I may be completely misremembering it, right? Mm -hmm. For me, it was this whirlwind, like, weird thing, and then we show up there, and they announce this is what it is. Wow. I think it was a secret call-out to, like, um, maybe band instructors and stuff in the area. Like, hey, we need kids to try out for this musical performance, and then... You know, when we're there we learn what it is and then we all had to sign. I think I had to sign something.
4: Yeah, it's it's um, like uh it's like when you audition for Marvel movies these days. It says like untitled insect man movie. Yeah. And you're like, uh, I think this is Spider-Man. I think I'm pretty sure this. I'm auditioning for Spider-Man. <laughs> and they're like Or Ant-Man. Yeah, could be also an insect. But yeah, for you it'd be like, uh, we need uh, musicians for big sports
3: game intermission performance. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think uh, yeah. It's the yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> Dude, it, yeah, <laughs> but it was the Super Bowl halftime show and it was trials for that. And oh my god, you should have seen the competition in that room when all of us get there and we realize what it is, and we're like, oh, this is my big break. Yeah. I've got to just I gotta focus and do this thing. You get sheet music for drums. We all got these little floor toms. They're they're the drums that uh they don't well, I guess they sit on the floor officially with legs. But they're kind of just round and are closer to the ground. You stand over them and you play on top of them. Right. All of us go in there. We we just kind of look at the sheet music. We play in unison on this thing. And we all notice that there are no drum heads on these drums. So the actual resonant thing that would make the tone when you hit a drum, there are these mesh heads on these things. Okay. And we think, oh, well, we're in this giant, space like it would sound crazy if we were all trying to play these drums together in this in this huge auditorium like thing yeah. uh, this makes sense it's like practicing the part right well I end up getting it along with uh, several other people I don't think I knew anybody who was there who got it as well I can't remember if you were there Dana or not I'm sorry or Blake or any any <laughs> y'all in the drumline I can't remember so uh, if, if the
4: auditions were individual auditions not even like a group like it wasn't like you and the rest of the
3: no. It was a group doing it. Okay. So somebody, whoever was in charge, was just watching us in this huge grid of kids <laughs> playing these things. And they were just, like, picking out, you know, who's not in unison, who's right. out of line. We'll just cut that person. We'll keep everybody who can do this thing at, at once. Wow. Um, But I got it. And, oh, my God, I was so excited, dude. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. My dad was so stoked. Uh my mom was like, Yeah, that's cool. <laughs>
4: and so uh, that that day at the audition, they told you they were like, You have
3: been cast to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, you're gonna be in the Super Bowl halftime show. And wow. I'm thinking, my God, I'm playing drums in the Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Uh, all this hard work with my drum instructor outside of school has paid off. You know, I I was good enough to make it in the snare line. It showed that it that it mattered that yeah. I was doing all this stuff, it's right? All, it's all coming together. It's all paying off. <laughs> yeah. So then we continue to rehearse. I think there's one more time where you rehearse mm-hmm. this thing. Okay. And <laughs> what they do is they, over these loudspeakers, they play the entire performance, like a pre-recorded thing that they put together so that we all like know the cues so everybody knows what's going to happen when. Yeah. You're just listening to it and you're waiting for your cues and then playing your parts and then there's choreography in between where you have to do certain things when you're not playing. <laughs> yeah, So we had to learn that and drill that, got it down. We were all excited and I'm going to jump to the day before the Super Bowl. Okay. Okay. This is what a lot of the reality starts setting in <laughs> of what's actually going on, what's happening. Yeah. So we're at the Georgia dome in Atlanta, Georgia at the time that was where the, the football games were played. Right. And we're all in the back stage area, like inside the building, the parts that nobody gets to see. Right. Right. And we're going to practice getting the entire stage onto the field, practice going out, hitting our marks, doing the performance and then getting it off the stage. Kind of like one of those one act plays that (laughs) the kids do. I was an actor too. I did one act plays. Oh yeah. Where you have to bring the entire set onto the stage, uh, perform your thing and then get it off before some timer runs out. Oh, so even like the festivals you're talking about. Like I used to do drama festivals too that were like competitions. Yeah, yeah. bro. <laughs> this is my uh, state champion, 2000, 2001, uh, Georgia High School Association. Hell yeah! Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, I
4: was a I was a D Task champion, which is the Drama Teachers Association of Southern California. Oh
3: my God. See, that's, I don't have a hat so Much more legit.
4: <laughs> I mean, just cause you got California in there. <laughs> it was I, what <laughs> I mean, when we would, when we, if you would win first place in that, in D task, you would perform at paramount studios and a thing called the salute to the winners. And like on a set, you would perform your 10 minute Shakespeare scene or whatever. And no. uh, yeah. And like agents and producers would show up and it was, but nothing ever happened.
3: Dude. i I have a whole other story there where I I performed in of Mice and Men with all my friends my senior year and Uh actually got to go to Lincoln, Nebraska. And we thought that was so amazing because we got to do international thespian conference.
4: (laughs) Were you Lenny or George?
3: I was not. I was Candy. Candy. I had one hand and my dog. Oh.
4: (laughs) All right. We should remount this production. Yeah
3: for sure. <laughs> did you say you got to, you did that as well?
4: No, I didn't do, I mean, international thespian society sounds like a, a dream as a high school um, student. No, I, I, we didn't get to participate in that one, unfortunately. Oh, okay. <laughs> but you, but you did of mice and men. Uh, no, I'm just, just, uh, just a fan. Oh, just. oh man.
3: <laughs> All right. Well, I want to learn more about you. Will, I'm just sitting over here blabbing.
4: <sighs> Fine. I'm a, yeah, no, I'm a, I'm an open book. We can do a whole other. I feel like I need to do an episode where I tell some stories because nobody knows any of my fun
3: stories. So maybe yes, we'll, we'll flip the script one of these days. I'm in. I'll interview you. Let's go. Uh- <laughs> yes, finally.
2: at purdueglobal.edu so it's wait day before yeah, day,
4: day before the super bowl you're at the yes. stadium you guys are are rehearsing the transitions how many how many people are involved in, in this oh
3: production God. i don't even know how many hundreds right yes there are easily hundreds yeah because i, I guess let me should I paint the scene already? I, I feel like I'm revealing things in a weird order, but I know. I mean, it's it's you know as as however the bones fall, <laughs> that's how we read them. All right. Well, here we go. They're on the bones. Okay. <laughs> all right. Roll the twenty. Here we go. When we're there rehearsing, this is when I find out that I and all the drummers that have been rehearsing with me are going to be wearing these silver, strange-looking, futuresque costumes yes that are uh extremely unflattering on anyone's body (laughs) and they come with a silver spike helmet cool huge silver spike helmet (laughs) and (laughs)
4: yeah and just a reminder to everyone this is the year 2000 yes right it is this is the 2000 super bowl the The millennium yes has just happened
3: we are in a new millennium and Mm -hmm. it's and it's disney right is putting on this Oh, that's the. Yes, we should reveal that it is Disney. The title of this Super Bowl halftime show officially is the E-Trade Super Bowl halftime show. The <laughs> subtitle or the alternate title is Disney's Tapestry of Nations. Wow. Brought to you by uh, <laughs> Enron. Enron. And <laughs> so it was a different time, people. It was such a different time. Um, oh, my God. At, at the very end. Well, yeah, it was it was in promotion of the Walt Disney World's Millennium Celebration that was occurring right. in Walt Disney World.
4: Yeah. And and the featured performers. Are, am I spoiling anything if I reveal who some of the uh, featured
3: performers are? <laughs> Uh, yeah, yes, you are, because we okay. have to establish what uh, yes. what else is on the stage before yes. we establish the stars okay. that d- <laughs> that were on the top of it, I guess. I'm clearly so.
4: too familiar with this <laughs> halftime performance. I'm obsessed with it. It's a
3: fever dream, and uh, I've watched it multiple times. God, dude. Okay, so <laughs> I and a bunch of, I, I don't know, I've got to say it was probably around 50 kids who looked just like me, younger so, people. It, And in in
4: silver spandex outfits with spiky helmets.
3: (laughs) Yep. Yep. And we've all got our drums that are our floor toms that are right in front of us. Right. And those floor toms have lights that shine up from under them. Cool. And okay. So imagine a big circle, right? There are two sections of us that are doing this. Right. um, As a part of that circle. Uh, Small pieces of the pie though, really. In between us. On the backside, there are two massive sections of a choir, like a huge choir, but they're right. separated into two sections. Those folks are wearing this weird flowy white thing that looks kind of like a nun, but not really like a nun, maybe from the future. Um, <laughs> also, I, I've, I think I know which ones you're talking about.
4: They're kind of whirling dervish yes. with rabbit heads. That's
3: exactly. With rabbit ear. <laughs> Yes, that's exactly what it is. Okay, cool. So they're they're there, uh, down on the the bottom part of the circle. There is a full orchestra. Mm-hmm. All the instruments. Uh, they're wearing, you know, I think they're wearing suits, right? I man, I need to rewatch it again, but I think they're like wearing. Uh, formal orchestral attire, right? Yeah, they're in like
4: tuxedos, but have like Fraggle Rock heads or something. That's it's all. Like- <laughs> everything's kind of like
3: sort of normal, and then also just kind of insane. It's it's Dude, I love it. <laughs> there's also an entire group of actual snare drummers, like marching snare drummers, who have these silver shiny like uh, almost mirror-like vests on and these <laughs> feathered huge feathered main cap things. Right. Um they're all yeah, there,
4: the, the mirror bird section. <laughs> mirror birds.
3: <laughs> it's the millennium, you know. <laughs> come on. Anything goes. It's a millennial celebration, guys. These are all the things you would find at any millennial celebration worth its weight in. If you think, uh, you
4: know, like Cirque du Soleil costumes are weird, this show takes it to a whole different level.
3: Yes, yes. And that's not even to mention the actual Cirque du Soleil uh, performers who are there, or maybe <laughs> they're not from Cirque, but they are Cirque-like, right? Yeah, they yeah. can do all kinds of hanging things, stuff on ribbons. I don't know the real terminology for that. They can do incredible acrobatic feats. Aerial, aerialists, silks. That's it. Then <laughs> you've got <laughs> the dancers who are on the ground, probably some of the same people, mm-hmm. but several of them are also puppeteers, oh, yeah. and they're carrying these puppets that are four times the size of a regular human, maybe.
4: There's a uh, lot of
3: giant puppets in this <clears throat> halftime show. <laughs> <laughs> now, just to, to begin icing this cake, you got to throw in performances by, <laughs> let's start with Christina Aguilera and Enrique Iglesias.
4: Yeah. And now was this pre, was this mole Enrique or was this post mole removal? <laughs> I have no
3: idea. I imagine this is mole Iglesias, but yeah, I think he still got the mole, which was prime time (laughs) Enrique. Well, it was definitely prime time Christina because I saw her in person and like, I I just, you have no idea how uh, mind blowing that was to see Christina Aguilera uh, for this little boy in ninth grade who, you know, She's a genie in a bottle. I mean, (laughs) she was a genie in a bottle and uh, yeah, I was a very sheltered child, mostly self-imposed, but uh, (laughs) but, you built your own shelter. That's right. That's right. (laughs) I hid inside that cave that I dug out myself. (laughs) Um, So it's those two, they sing a song together. There's uh, Tony Braxton. Oh yeah. Who was huge. I mean, is huge, was huge. Phil Collins, the Phil Collins was there. Just, I feel like he had just done Tarzan maybe. Yes. Right. And he performed a Tarzan song. Yeah. That I can't, I'm not even going to sing. I can sing it in my head right now, but I'm not going to sing it. (laughs) Get out of here, Disney. You know you want me to. (laughs) trying to put a copyright claim on this episode. That's right. Not going to (laughs) happen. No, 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 no. Oh, I forgot. Narrated by Edward James Olmos. That's right. Of course. Who's gone some ups and downs in his career, um, but a, an amazing voice either way, right? No I wrote down
4: what. I wrote down some of the a, a few of the lines that he says just so uh, just so you yeah. just so you can just to 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 remind you of what the vibe was. Oh, uh, Edward okay. James almost at one point he goes, "The sage of time has returned to rekindle the human spirit. The gates of time have opened as they do every thousand years uh, for the great." millennial walk or the great millennium walk
3: oh yeah oh yeah right uh, i just i'm going to correct you there slightly there will because he said the gateway of oh, time has opened the gateway of time yes which for a little kid who plays a bunch of video games watches a bunch of tv and movies i know what a gateway is yeah what the hell is going on here that there's a gateway opening up
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> I, I mean, yeah. Is there? Are we about to enter a new dimension? It, 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 the whole show really did feel like Disney was making a movie about the millennium. I don't, It was. It's so. It, it's. It's really hard to unpack everything that's going on in there.
3: Well, you know what? <laughs> to me, honestly, as a good little Christian boy watching all this stuff happen, mm-hmm. then noticing the giant idol yeah. that was also a part of the set. <laughs> uh and it led to like the backstage area where where the actors singers or whatever could go and hide while they weren't performing right uh and we're talking towering this thing yeah. was towering over everybody there was a ton of fire involved during this <laughs> There's a lot of pyrotechnics yes so much dude in the moment i didn't think about it but afterwards i think i took part in some kind of disney sponsored ritual that altered Time and space as we know it. I'm pretty sure something happened that night. You you opened some gates. You helped. Yeah.
4: I mean, yeah. If you think about like a pagan ritual, it looks a lot like what what you guys did.
3: <laughs> hey, look, man. I was just there. Okay. Yeah. Um, uh,
4: I think maybe maybe you guys stopped Y2K from happening.
3: It was like what maybe, you no, did. No, this, this was January 30th. Okay. Okay. okay so, so, yeah. 30 days post everybody crapping themselves in their <laughs> Windows 95 machines. What a dumb thing that was. All the, the
4: economy is going to crash because the computers are going to go to zero. <laughs> everybody go buy canned food. <laughs> oh, we were so oh, simple. Man. Simpler times. Okay.
3: okay, So we got to jump back, everybody. Ready? <laughs> we're jumping back to rehearsal night. Yeah. We are. We're getting ready. Got my helmet. I've got my sticks. My dad is there and my mom they're both there. My dad is so excited because he is going to assist in the backstage area in getting Phil Collins Ziz drummer out, like the drum set physically out to the stage on Super Bowl night. Wow. And uh we're huge fans of Phil Collins, by the way. Oh, yeah. Uh, my dad's a singer. I like singing. I like playing drums. It just kind of fit. Um
4: I mean, one of the most famous drum fills of all time is from in the air tonight. And uh, so, I mean, but I think he plays, doesn't Phil Collins play the drums in that? Yes. Yeah. He's a very talented Well,
3: you know what? Honestly, I can't, I can't say that with full certainty. I don't know if he plays the drums on that part, but uh, yeah, I just, uh, mm, I I love that stuff. My dad was so excited. We get everything out on to the field the night before to test the thing, to do a, a rehearsal. And they play that track again that we've been rehearsing with. And I was like, okay, well, they're playing that track again. That's a little weird. Why does my drum still have the mesh head on it? That's weird. (laughs) We go through the whole performance and rehearse again. I still think we're in rehearsal mode. Like, Man, they're going to have to rehead these drums. Like that's going to take a while. I guess I'll do it overnight. (laughs) Then... We, I, you know, but I'm still freaked out. But everything is magical, right? Like Enrique Iglesias says in his song that he performs, uh, a magical tomorrow lives inside of you. Again. And that's what I felt. And <laughs> I can't believe he said that. He said that. <laughs> he sang that to Christine Aguilera. All right. <laughs> um, so it's now Super Bowl night. Yeah. And we're all there. And we're so excited. We are marching out. You know, all the groups like on the sidelines getting ready. The football has almost ended. <laughs> I love that we haven't talked about the football at all. I don't. I don't even know who played. <laughs> who played? Was, I don't know. Rams. Titans. Rams. Titans. Sure. Yeah. Football. It's great. <laughs> I, I just don't know anything about it. Uh, but but Rams. Titans played. It was halftime. We all get out, and then everything goes dark in in the stadium, except for you know some specific lights. The stuff is moved out. All these huge pieces, the giant idol, all the right. fireworks. We all march out there. I do. I do trip. And oh, and by the <laughs> way, I lost my helmet at one point backstage. <laughs> And they had to get me a new one because I completely misplaced it somewhere. Because um, there are all these hats, and I was like, "Well, that's not mine. That's not mine. That's not mine." Oh God, where's my helmet? I have the spiky one. That's <laughs> that's a bird. That's a mirror bird helmet. That's a Fraggle Rock
4: helmet. Oh God, where did I put my silver spiky helmet? True. Sure whoever the stage managers are for this too must just be losing their minds, like wrangling cats. Like, all right, all of you ninth graders in your, in your like silver lycra spandex outfits, please like stand in line over here.
3: I lost my hat. <laughs> oh, <damn it. laughs> but uh, we'd only rehearsed this, you know, a handful of times for a big yeah. rehearsal like this. I thought, oh, man, you got to do this for a month at least. Yeah, But no, we hadn't. So then we're there, we're running out, we're getting out there. I trip at one point, and it's—I uh, tell myself it's because I saw Christina Aguilera, because I did, but I don't know if that's why I tripped or i am just clumsy. But I did trip, and I feel like I've embellished that story over time to where it's like, Christ- like I saw Christina and I fell, and then she looked at me and, and thought it was funny. I don't yeah. think she saw me. She winked. crafting. <laughs> yeah, she did, little, she did a little finger gun at you, and you're like, oh, it makes me trip. feel better. <laughs> uh, but that's a that's a fabrication, I believe. Um, <laughs> but then we get out there and we're ready for the performance. My drum head is still the fake drum head. And I'm looking around at everybody. I'm like, Oh, I guess we're just doing it this way. And I realize this whole thing is on tape and we're just sitting out here in front of thousands and thousands of people and in front of millions of people on the television. And Mm -hmm. we're just pretending. We're just pretending to do a thing. And I realize it's a lie as it's beginning. And I'm just going, Oh, no. What? What? (laughs) Nothing's real. Nothing matters. Dude, it was such. (laughs) I can't emphasize enough how mind blowing that was for me to see behind the curtain. I'd never seen behind any curtains before. And this is Um, a pretty big curtain to take a peek behind.
4: (laughs) Yes. You're like, Phil Collins was five foot one.
3: (laughs) What the hell? No, but it wasn't even that. It was watching the stage. And then on the video screens, Edward James Almost's face comes up and he starts delivering that speech Uh, once again, as it does every thousand years. The gateway of time is opened and Mm -hmm. all this stuff. And on stage, there's a guy standing on stage that is not Edward James Almost. He's almost Edward James Almost. (laughs) He's Edward James Almost. Almost. (laughs) But, uh, so that's like weird me out. Then Christina Aguilera and Enrique come out and they start mouthing the words. They start lip syncing on national television on, on huge, this huge thing. And they're just, and I'm just lip syncing there for you. And, um, uh, they said, uh, the future is coming. You got to catch it if you can. Yeah. And, but they're not actually, they're, they're just mouthing that, right. um, then everybody else does their performances. It's crazy. It actually looks great. If you like what the spiky drummers are doing, they're doing these weird lean back moves. They, me, we. Um, <laughs> the choir is doing some weird things. It makes their flowy gowns yeah, look funny. Dervish. <laughs> <laughs> Act look cool. It looks crazy. Kind of cool. But then I thought about the orchestra. And there's this entire full orchestra down there mm-hmm. in tuxedos. And they're just pretending to and then I thought this can't be a ritual. If we were actually playing drums, if we were actually like chanting these things into the ether, if Mm -hmm. if almost was there saying those words with the fire and the idol if phil collins was actually on that riser going up towards the idol's head as the fireworks happened maybe that would be a ritual if the human Uh,
4: sacrifice was real and the blood was real then maybe
3: we would have opened the gates the gateway it could have been a real cremation of care and if you if you don't know what that is look up look up the bohemian club and the bohemian grove it's a giant owl and fake human sacrifice that presidents oh. take part in it's fun <laughs> oh and yeah, it's real yeah, now, now i know what you're talking about yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah i i don't know will i just i feel like i had to tell you some of this because it's it was just the strangest thing i've ever done and i can't believe somehow by this weird set of circumstances i got to be a part of it but now i'm worried that i was a part of it
4: <laughs> <laughs> and how it's uh yeah, how it's affected the, the the next millennium. Yeah, what did we do? I don't know. Like, it's gotten weird since then. Yeah, and two thousand one, I think things really took a turn.
3: Yeah. So if we if we were, you know, if we were taking part <laughs> in that ritual for positive things, like they right. said, uh, we're going to celebrate the future hand in hand. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I feel like we messed up. We messed up
4: a part of it. This is a hot take here, but I think Osama bin Laden was watching that and he was like, fuck these guys. (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) And then, (gasps) and now that's why I think you guys caused 9 11. That's what I'm saying. (laughs) It's look, it's a bold (laughs) statement, uh, but I think uh, Disney cause
3: 9-11 hot take. oh oh super hot take oh it's so hot and you realized
4: it, it right in the middle you're like oh my god what am i a part of where's my hat why christina's not real she's just a hologram edward james <coughs> almost is here i don't even like football
3: what have yeah. i done yeah dude <laughs> it but, but it was a positive message it, it's the crazy thing to me is how positive it was and how yeah. um almost naive it felt and when you watch it now like really when you watch it now It feels like a naive, positive vision of what the world and the earth and, you know, all of the countries working together, all the people, all the voices singing together. It feels like our cynicism has increased to such an extent that watching (laughs) this feels insane. But in the moment on national television, everybody was just like, oh, yeah, uh, it's Disney. Uh, Cool. I mean,
4: it was a beautiful, ideal, you know it was an, it was the, the idealist vision of what the new millennium was going to look like yeah. and it was it was it was beautiful and and super naive it, i mean really didn't know what was right around the corner
3: yeah but <laughs> and then with it reminds me of how devastating september 11 was yeah. because there was this kind of spirit maybe that existed that was floating around magically uh, and it feels like that thing just got knocked right out, yep. Uh, in a in hours, right? Um, that's weird to think about. <laughs> it's weird how I, I somehow wove 9 11 into this.
4: <laughs> <laughs> that's gonna be my new my new thing in this story time season. Is like, how can I bring up 9 11 every episode? <laughs> <laughs> well, that reminds me a
3: lot of 9 11. <laughs> oh, god, <laughs> oh man. Who won Maybe the game? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Probably the Rams. What is it? Rams and who? Titans. Packers? Uh Titans. <laughs> okay, sure. It must have been the Titans because we remember them, right? Yeah, uh, right. Never forget the Titans. I think that's the same. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, something like that. <laughs> uh I honestly don't know. I could have looked that up. I should, probably should have.
4: No, we'll <laughs> never know. <laughs> I like the, I like, I just like the idea of you being backstage, just like reality is really sucker punched you in the gut, and you just don't, you're like, I don't care about anything anymore. Like, I
3: nothing's real. This is, drum isn't real. Like, nah, I was just worried about my hat until I was out there, and then it all just hit me like a ton where, of bricks.
4: Where's my hat? <laughs> yeah. I tripped in front of Christina Aguilera. <laughs> I'm wearing silver spandex. This does sound like a ninth graders nightmare.
3: Yeah. But see, then I went on every Friday, almost every Friday, to put on a weird stinking suit to strap on a snare drum and march around in front of all my schoolmates Yeah, in between probably awesome games of football that I didn't watch. <laughs> didn't care about. With all the cool, like the awesome, cool people <laughs> in my school who were playing the games and cheering for yeah. the games and in the stands. Uh but I did go tappy tap tap like pretty well.
2: at purdueglobal.edu. Okay,
3: so first, last, best, worst. What was your first job? My first job was working at the Piedmont Driving Club in Atlanta, Georgia, which is a world-renowned, very old, private club, like a health club. For a long time,
4: Driving yeah. club.
3: I, I pictured like, oh, we, we drive cars around. Like, Come to the driving club and we'll drive your car. It is like that, but think the 1800s because <laughs> okay. when this club was formed and there's a right next to it, it's kind of on the edge of this place called Piedmont Park in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. It's a huge public park. And before it was that public park, uh, the people who were members of this club would drive their carriages around. Uh-huh. ride their carriages around with the little lake that's there. And right. I guess, I don't know. You frolic sometimes, whatever right. you do. I don't know what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Drink like, lemonade out of jars and play cat's cradle. Sure. And you, you delineate, you know, the property lines. Right. Right. You and yeah. all your
4: cohorts own. <laughs> right. And like slavery was just abolished. So like, that's new.
3: Huh? <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah. Uh, It was a, it was a rollicking time there at the Piedmont driving club back then. Uh, When I got there, my dad worked for them. I don't want to give too many specifics, but he, he worked for them. Mm -hmm. He was a, he was employed by them, but he wasn't like a part of the club, if that makes sense. Right. So I went there to be a snack bar. I don't know what you call it. Like a, it's kind of like a server, but behind a snack bar. So kind of like fast food. Yeah. Uh, It was outside the pool. Okay. A little pool pool snack boy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cause <laughs> this place is like a health club, but it doesn't have a golf course. At that time, it doesn't have a golf course associated with it, which is okay. very weird. Right. Because there are a ton of these private clubs in Atlanta and cities across the United States where the main thing is the golf club and then right. you like do other stuff there too. Yeah. But in this case, it's like gym. Uh, spa, that kind of stuff. Squash Ooh. courts were huge there. So I'm working there outside the pool. It's hot. It's summer. It's just a summer job. I'm a kid. I think I'm in eleventh grade, maybe. Okay, you've already and, been. You've already performed at the Super Bowl at this point. So you're, yes, you're kind of hot shit. <laughs> oh yeah, man. <laughs> I kept my spec helmet. Yeah. I would like leave it behind the counter, and if anybody, you know, you know, just. Got a little mouthy. I'd be like, "Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah." This. Let me strap this look thing on. Look at this. All the
4: girls around the pool would be like, "That's Matt. He played the drums for Christina Aguilera and Edward oh. James Almost."
3: <laughs> He's an exceptional employee. <laughs> um, so it's very weird working for this place. And what I remember learning there, I guess it was my first job. It meant a lot to me, though, because it was the first time I really got to see the way the ultra wealthy live. Yeah. Like the the top of that 1% cream stuff that rises up there. Yeah. Because with this place you had to have my salary that I make right now. Mm-hmm. You had to pay that like on a yearly basis just to right. hang out with them.
4: Yeah. You know, just to and, gain access to this to this pool. Yeah, and squash court.
3: Yeah. And then every month They've got all these facilities and all these restaurants, including the snack bar, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah where you can get pre-packaged peanut butter and jelly sandwiches uh, at any time. Right, for <laughs> for $18. Yeah. Well, you don't have to pay a, a thing because when you're inside the club, you just give your member number. Right. And then all of that accrues up, and you got to pay that on a monthly basis, and you have to pay a certain amount every month or you're out of here. What a racket. <laughs> But, but I, I got to watch how they live and I got to watch how, you know, different people when you're at that status, you know, on a society level, on an economic level, how you treat quote the help, like me, like the, the people who are there just working for you, right. Or performing a service for you. And the vast difference between uh, someone who values just other people, other Mm -hmm. humans and people who just, you know view me us as cogs in this machine that they've got built for them yeah um it was very very meaningful for me it's not really a great story no i i i but it is a it is a life
4: lesson that you know it 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 definitely had an impact on you i mean i feel like everyone at some point needs to work in the service industry because Mm -hmm. i think people who are unkind to servers or waiters or anyone in the service industry i think they're the they're scum they're the scum of the
3: earth it's it's terrible because I, I want to have empathy for those people too. Like I want to understand what's going through their minds when, when like I want to psychologically analyze that. Like yeah. why, why would you treat someone like that? That doesn't yeah. make sense to me. That's one of the reasons I love making true crime shows with the uh, tenderfoot and some of those, you know, those other guys. Cause it's just, we get to analyze the human brain and why yeah. it does things. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So that was, that was the first job. So that's my first job. Okay. okay. L- last job is your current job. Yes. Last job is being, I was an intern at how stuff works in 2006. Wow. So Yeah. So you've been 16 years, same job. Yeah. So the,
4: I mean, that's, yep. I'm I'm, I'm going to maybe assume that that's also the best job. <laughs>
3: yeah. Yeah. But uh, I was, I want to get you in trouble. <laughs> that's fine. No, it is <laughs> for sure. I was yeah. an intern videographer uh, video editor, video producer, uh, senior video producer. Uh, what, what was the next one? Then we became podcasts only because I was all video for a long time. I have a video uh-huh. degree. Uh, and then it became you know podcast producer, supervising producer, executive producer, and podcast host. So being a podcast host, I think, is my favorite sub version of my last job. Yeah. But
4: look at that! I mean, that ladder that you've just climbed up from intern all the way up to being oh, here on on hashtag Storytime. Yeah, man, I ripped those <laughs> rungs away so no one else could come up behind me. Yeah, no, right. just you just burn. You, you burn yeah. that bridge behind you as you
3: cross. No, no, that's one of the the great stories about how stuff works, honestly, and the group of people with whom I work. Because I mean, God, I, I could name so many people right now that started as interns at how stuff works in mm-hmm. you know before 2010 several of them i ended up meeting in college like we our, our worlds just kind of intersected we all yeah. ended up working there a bunch of people like annie like ben who have been working with me since we were babies basically we were, we were little right. like kids we were in our, our early 20s and just watching us grow as a family no matter who yeah. acquired us it's been pretty pretty stinking great. Yeah, and for for any of the listeners out there, how stuff works was
4: acquired by iHeart in what when was it? What 2019, year? I think it 2019. Officially. And it basically became the podcasting division and department of all of iHeart. Yep. Okay, so that that would be first, kind of last and best. So what would be the worst job that you've had?
3: The worst job I ever had was being uh, caretaker for my dog buddy. Oh, I consider this kind of a job because, this is a sad one. Yeah, I can already, I already, uh, he's this my, little my heart's dachsh- already break. <laughs> <laughs> well, get ready. Okay. He's this little docton terrier. Um, Tiny little guy, huge body, way too big, uh-huh. kind of plump. Um, Tiny little legs. Uh, Adorable face. He's got like, he looks like a little wizard, <laughs> little scruffy looking face, kind of brindly. He was the first dog I ever I ever had with my wife at the time mm-hmm. and he he's got this back man and it's too heavy in the middle yeah. and every time he would jump up and down from a couch it was like tiny little you know like a needle or like a single little cut you, you know imagine a thousand cuts yeah and one day i came home from a band rehearsal i was playing in a band called lions and scissors which was just this really weird cool radiohead like band in atlanta cool name and came Yeah, it was weird. (laughs) I think it should have been Lions Incisors instead of Lions and Scissors. Oh, Incisors. I think... Yeah, but again, either way, whatever. It was an awesome band. Did you wear your Um, spiky helmet in that band? Every time. Sick. Every time. Sick. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, I came home from rehearsal. It was pretty late, and he was usually good at the house alone. When I opened the door, he was sitting funny, and... I didn't understand what was going on and he couldn't move his back legs. Oh no. So after a bunch of calls, like late night figuring out what's going on, taking him to an emergency vet, uh, we find out that he needs surgery and we can't afford it. Yeah. But we find out that at university of Georgia in Athens, Georgia, they have like students who are in the veterinary program who will do things like that for way cheaper. It's a a little more risky, I guess, but, there's still people who are learning and, you know, this is like one of their big tests, yeah. you know, can I actually do this? So we decided to try that. He got his surgery and he was still paralyzed mm-hmm. and we weren't, we weren't sure what was going to happen. It was just compression, by the way. It was just like disc compression that was pressing so hard in this one area that it shut Yeah, off I know, the I know with,
4: with it blows back.
3: Dachshunds and with, uh, with Corgis,
4: they have hip dysplasia that, that uh, which is why you see, I feel like mm-hmm. a lot of those dogs with the little carts that kind of take their take the weight and carry mm-hmm. the back legs.
3: But in this case, with this guy, what what I had to do with Diana at the time is we had catheters, mm-hmm. like physical little catheters, because he couldn't control his oh, urine oh, or his feces. Guy. So I had to physically put a catheter in him, like all day long. I had to do this to make sure he always had uh, yeah. gone to the bathroom. And man, that was like. First of all, it's an uncomfortable yeah, thing yeah. to do, right? shove something up your dog's uh, private part. Yep. And then to express, I had, you had to phys- physically express the bladder. Uh-huh. Uh, and i do that for a long time. But guess what? That little dude, about a month later, I went out to get the trash cans. You take the trash can out to mm-hmm. the edge of the street, bring it back. Went out to get the trash can, and he, like, I, I brought him with me. I set him down out there on the street. And for the first time in over a month, he, like, kind of moved his legs around and then he ran to, to Diana. Oh, it was amazing. And he no fully way. recovered after that. And he was totally fine. Oh, yeah. I, I, yep. And he, he lasted for like, okay, five, I'm, glad, years, I'm glad, I'm glad that that six story had a happy ending. I was like,
4: I don't know if we can end the podcast. On <laughs>
3: <laughs> exactly. Well, the, the lesson is even when you get, you know, really yeah. injured, you can recover, you can recover, you can recover yeah. from anything. And I'm still recovering from the ritual, <laughs> you know, that Disney, put you through yeah. i don't know what you call it <laughs> put me through forced yeah. you into but uh, tricked you
4: they tricked make you it, into you know. it oh. lies
3: <laughs> one step at a time
4: uh well i'm glad i'm glad you didn't have to stay at that job long and that you got out you know. of it uh, right all right well matt that was awesome <laughs> Thanks for listening to hashtag storytime. Huge shout out to Matt Frederick for coming on the pod. If you're a fan of the unexplained, then check out Matt's podcast, Stuff They Don't Want You to Know. Links in the description. Please take literally two seconds right now, grab your phone, and hit the follow button so you don't miss next week's episode with McCall Marabella.
2: Because Max and I, uh, we had played so many Ouija boards in the past. So we were like pros. Uh-huh. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I was ready. And basically through some conversation, we realized that we were talking to a spirit named Zach and he was a little boy who lived in my house (sighs) is what he said.
4: Nope. No, I'm out. I'm already out. I would already like kid ghosts are the the scariest ghosts.
2: Oh no. He was kind of (laughs) nice. He was friendly.
4: If you're enjoying the podcast, please leave us a review. It helps us out a lot. And I literally read every single one of them. If today's episode made you think of your own story, I want to hear it. Call the Storytime hotline at 323-741-1873 and tell us your story to be featured on an upcoming Listener Tales episode. And if you just can't get enough Storytime, give us a follow on the gram at storytime.pod or on TikTok at storytime.podcast. Hashtag Storytime is produced by iHeartRadio and Curativity Productions. Hosted by Will McFadden. Sound design by Tony Maddox. Written by Will McFadden and Jason Shapiro. Produced by Jason Shapiro, Daniel Amora, and Jordan Elijah Michael. Theme song by Scott Simons.
2: Step into the
1: world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday. I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family.
0: VTW Group, no purchase necessary. where prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus.
1: This is Malcolm Gladwell from Revisionist History. eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Brake kits, LED headlights, whatever you need, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only, exclusions apply.
0: Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring.